In our last episode, we shared news of Google's new quantum computer, which raised all kinds of questions about breaking Bitcoin's cryptographic code. While we were able to speculate a bit about what that means, we decided to invite a real quantum physicist to the show to provide deeper insight. And to make it even more interesting, he's got a really thick French accent. So bonjour, mes amis, et bienvenue à episode number 689 of Le Podcast de bed crypto <laughs> Five, four, three, two, one, two, who's bad Welcome, everybody. It's the Bad Crypto Podcast. Uh, comrade Travis Reiti, Comrade Joel Klum here in the house. Uh, and today we are really doing part two of this topic of quantum computing and what it means to Bitcoin. Only we have an expert to speak with, and he is French, and his accent is pretty thick, you know, when he's speaking yeah. English. You gotta, you gotta listen carefully. It's worth it because the dude knows what he's talking about, but you have to listen. To, yeah, and before we get into that, I just want to say, just as a as a general uh, date stamping here, it is the thirteenth of July. We just heard today that Alex Mashinsky has been arrested by the SEC, and XRP has been declared to not be a security. Mm -hmm. So that's some interesting stuff that now, by the time you're hearing this, is already is already out and out there. But it's just kind of crazy. A lot of stuff going on in the crypto world and some things that we need to start thinking about in this new AI blockchain quantum computing world and how are, are our algorithms and our encryptions safe? Joel, is our cryptography safe? Mm -hmm. So that's already old news, Trev, just like you and I. <laughs> we're old news. So two things we're going to bring to you after the break. One, we're going to talk a little bit about the sixth anniversary of this show and what we're planning. And two, we've got an NFT for you if you're a member of the Bad Crypto Nifty Club. So let's get into this whole quantum computing thing with Pierre-Luc Dallaire-Demers. Très bien. <laughs> So, Trav, you were out on the internets, and you're trying to do some research on this uh, whole quantum computing thing and Google's uh, Bitcoin killer, cryptography killer, and you came across a tweet. Tell me about that. Well, it was my tweet, actually. I came across an article about Google's quantum computer and how they're making transactions. What they were saying was this new supercomputer can make calculations in one second that would take current today rival supercomputers 47 years to do mm -hmm. and i was like what that seems like some hyperbole and so i found that on feedly and i tweeted it out it's got now over sixty nine thousand views uh, actually sixty nine thousand four hundred and twenty views i think that's the uh, proper internet uh, number but i was like dude so how long is this going to take to break the bitcoin encryption and uh, and so uh, our friend here, Pierre Luke, he came in and said 10 minutes and then, oh, my God, did that create a hornet storm of people calling him names and calling him an idiot. And, and then I'm like, wait a second. He doesn't seem like an idiot. He seems really nice. I was like, wait a second. He's one of the top minds in quantum 
them science and mm-hmm. top rated guy in cryptography and physics. Like this dude might be somebody we want to talk to, Joel. So basically he's a random internet guy. Yeah, and he also seems French. So we got that going for us. His name is Pierre-Luc Dallaire de Mers. He's the founder and CEO of the Pauli Group. They work to secure digital assets from quantum computer attacks and interface blockchains and quantum technologies. He's been in the quantum space, gang, for 17 years. So clearly he doesn't know what he's talking about. He was also previously a quantum physicist at Zapata Computing and Xanadu as a postdoctoral research scholar at Harvard. Pierre-Luc. Uh, we will only mildly make fun of your French accents. Welcome, good sir, to the Bad Crypto Podcast. Bonjour. Well, awesome to see you, Joel and Travis. Uh, thanks for coming. Uh, I'm super happy to be, ta- to be talking to you uh, on the topic. So. Oh, it's our pleasure. And, you know, we uh, we covered on our last episode our understanding of what was taking place with Google's new quantum computer. But we thought it'd be best to talk to somebody who actually might know what they're talking about. And so we're going to we're going to lay down our chips on on you today. So perhaps you can begin for us and explaining in uh, like we're fifth graders Um how quantum computing works and how it's different from classical computing. Yeah, so, so the explanation is that the, the the easiest way is probably to say what quantum computer is not. So like, like it's not often like people think, okay, either it's like a, a computer that computes like all answers in parallel and can, gives you the answer. It's not really that. It's not either uh, much faster than classical computers. So like a quantum computer runs at about like one megahertz. So like uh, by, by measure of like your, your laptop, like it's, it's kind of sluggish. But it's a more general form of computing. So like there's, um, it, it uses the laws of quantum mechanics to uh, do some types of calculation, uh, which would not be possible in reasonable time, uh, even on supercomputers. And the magic here happens if you want, because the say you could build like a classical computer, you take like a, a billiard, like billiard balls, and then you you, you place like a, a, a pins everywhere and you shake it and try to get an answer like probabilistically. With quantum computer, there's something a bit more general. It's not even probabilities. It's, it's something called amplitude of probabilities. And like the the manipulating those with quantum gates uh, allows us to say break cryptography do quantum simulations much faster um and it's it's really the the the, the crux of the technology so like it's really about uh, the, the the being able to uh, control quantum states and isolate them uh, enables new types of calculation um, and and the, the technology has been uh, like invented, discovered like uh, almost 40 years ago now. And the, the, the experimental progress started in the 90s and the 2000s. Like we saw like the first like few bits, so, like people like successfully being able to 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 control like the 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 the, 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 like, the, the smallest possible particles uh, and like uh, enable them to do calculation. There was still a lot of noise, but recently we've entered a regime where like the large scale machines and the, 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 the ability of those systems to break crypto are getting, um, like we, we see the path to get there, like uh, an engineering. I, I don't sense. understand. I'm going to be candid here no. and I'm going to say I'm, I'm trying to understand this as a fifth grader or a 12 year old. Um, and what I hear you saying is the computers aren't any faster 
right? It's we're talking yeah. about the kind of hardware we're used to. So is it the software? What is it that allows it to do exponentially faster um, uh, computing than classical computing? It's a bit related to the, the the Heisenberg uncertainty principle. So if you measure the position of a particle, you don't get the the, the, the its speed. Or if you measure its speed, you you get like the the, the position. Uh, it's kind of the same. So so instead of having bits uh, as in classical computers for like a transistor switch, we have qubits, and also so quantum bits, which can be like zeros and one. But they also have this uh, Heisenberg uncertainty principle where the the, the like they can be in a superposition of both. And if you measure it, then the, um, uh, it's um, uh, like that's kind of an axis where there's uncertainty. And when you have several of those, uh, then the space of possible combination becomes exponentially large. And if you tune it just the right way, there's uh, some answers which you can extract, uh, mm. namely for, for, for like, say, say factoring um, uh, or, like, say, say uh, simulating molecules uh, like materials. So it's really, in some sense, um, excursion in a much larger space, the ability to go in a much larger space and then come back like to the answer. It's really wild. It's really wild when you think about it. And I, I think it's confusing for a lot of people. So I, I went to Chad GPT-4 and I'm like, what's the easiest way to describe quantum computing? And it says, if imagine you're flipping a coin. The coin can either be heads or tails. That's a bit like a normal computer work with the bits, uh, you know, binary ones and zeros. And so now imagine if the coin could be both heads and tails at the same time while it's flipping in the air. And so instead of saying, instead of having these crossroads where you come to the fork in the road and you go, oh, so I need to go left, left. Oh, I need to go right or left, left. You're able to go to all of them simultaneously in one parallel, but also not just on one plane, but also not just linearly, but also exponentially simultaneously. So it seems to me like it's just such a bigger way of doing uh, complex computing that it's not even easy to understand at all. Is that is that a fair assumption? Yeah, and like when like when physicists do that, like we we treat it through the equation, we understand the equation, but like the in terms of explaining it in terms like of in in terms of classical analogies, it doesn't work because if there was an easy classical analogy, there would be an easy classical way to do it on classical computers. So so that that's where the the normal intuition we have about computing like breaks down and that, that's why it's always like so difficult like even in like news article or even on chat gpt to explain in simple concept what it does so like the the it's really when you take like the, the principles of quantum mechanics there those principles are more general than what we're used to when we think in terms of probabilities there's those more general objects and it's really those objects with like the which gives the, the the power to quantum computers, um, and these phenomena are totally real. So, like it's what uh, like we see when we do say entanglements, when we have those particles, which uh, like the 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 total body of the particles is like uh, fully known. So it's, it's kind yeah. of it's entanglement. So you know exactly like how the the, the many particles uh, are assembled. But if you only take one, you only get noise. 
So, like, uh, classically, usually, like, if you have, like, uh, like many objects, uh, the, 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 there's no uncertainty. If you say, if you have a box of orange, if you pick an orange, you know it's going to be an orange. If you have, like, a quantum superpositions of apples and orange, like, you can know exactly how many there will be in total. But if you pick one, it's always going to be random. And the, 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 this is a very quantum phenomenon. So you can know exactly the state of many objects, even if the individual components are completely random. And this only happens in quantum mechanics. He, he's and comparing is... apples to oranges, Trev. No, he's not. He's comparing oranges. apples to oranges. Oranges. So, okay, you mentioned Qubits. <laughs> Q-U-B-I-T. Again, yeah. make it simple, because uh, we're the village idiots. What's a qubit? Uh, yeah, so, so it's a quantum bit. So like it's the, the, the what like a, a bit is a zero one it's a switch in the classical computer a quantum bit is kind of a switch also like it's it's a piece of memory it's a, it's a bit of information so it can be uh, it can be like physically can be several things depending on how you build your quantum computer so it can be like simple atoms and then you have an electron it's uh, say if it's uh, moving in one direction it's a zero if it's moving in the other direction it's a one um and, and then like you can measure like the direction it's moving so you can know in which state it is uh but like you can use a laser and put it in a superposition of both um so so, so like the and it happens because the the, the like atoms are uh, governed by the laws of quantum mechanics uh and then there's other technologies so say google ibm they, they have like a small loops of superconductors with no resistance and like the current can go in one way the other way it's a zero like zero one and the, the, there's similar principles to to like uh, manipulate those quantum bits uh, like, like to flip the states and do logical operations uh it can be semiconductors as as, as they do at intel it can be neutral atoms there's, there's various different technologies now um the the principle is always that uh, you pick the um, uh, uh, like a very quantum object uh, as though that we studied in quantum mechanics and you uh, identify you put a tag on what's a zero you put a tag on what's it's one on what is one and then using laser like uh, lasers or microwaves or something th then you're able to change the state of those objects uh, and put it in a, uh, like do quantum operations on those and if, so I think one of the things I think is, is is curious for most people is that for me, because I was reading this and it said, you know, in 2019, Google released a quantum computer that was like 41 or 43 qubits, right? And now they released a brand new one recently uh, at the end of last month, early part of this month, that was 70 qubits. And it was talking about how even though it's only like 27 qubits more, it's like 241 million times more powerful or something. So it's, uh, I don't, I don't know that, that we fully understand how big or powerful a qubit is when we're comparing it to a bit, because a bit in a normal computer, a bit ain't shit, but a qubit is some way. And it's like the more of them, it seems like it's becoming exponentially more powerful somehow and I don't know that we understand why that is. The, the, the full, full, full explanation of why quantum computers are more powerful, no one knows. We just like we 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 we, <laughs> we, we know that is what, not helpful. <laughs> what what we know is that if you try to solve uh, like the, the the equations of quantum mechanics with a, a, a supercomputer, it's going to be exponentially large. 
while with the quantum computer, you just implement the the, the operation and it works um, uh, much faster. So this is like some universal God stuff or something. Like we don't even understand how, but it's at this the quantum field. It's this microscopic little bits doing shit that we don't understand, but it's able to compute. It's mind blowing, and so understanding what we understand at this point, which is very little, frankly, right? We're trying to understand it, but we just had Pierre tell us nobody really understands why it does it, but it's crazy. So, you know, the conversation has been, is Bitcoin safe? And so it, how long will Bitcoin be safe? And maybe what could be done for this, you know, post-quantum encryption type of thing that we're going to need? So let's start with, why do you think Bitcoin is not safe long term? Yeah, so so one of the problems with quantum computers, I don't know if you've heard about the Schrodinger's cat, so the cat in the box, and like uh, if there's, you can have an atom, and then like if the, 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 the essentially a qubit, uh, you put the qubit in a superposition, and then you put okay. a mechanism that- Is it like the, the double up. slit experiment thing? Very close, very close. So okay. if, if you observe the cat, the cat is one, one of two states. So, so like the but, but the, the 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 environment. If the cat makes any noise, if there's any no, like information mm -hmm. about the state of the cat that come out of the box, then the cat is is in a definite state. It's like it, it relates to the observer, and it's almost yeah. like qubits work. Like if you observe them, they work one way. If you don't observe them, it's almost like if a tree falls in the forest and nobody is there, do you hear it? And you exactly. don't know. But in the quantum field. Quant qubits work differently if you're not paying attention to them, but once you give it intention or pay attention to it, it works a certain way, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And and th that's the old art actually, because the um, any any like if there's a train like a few miles away, or like if there's too many people in the lab, the, the, it's actually it, it's noise that can give like very fraction of bits of information about the quantum computer. And it collapses the state, so we have to completely isolated from the the environment so like there's something called uh, the decoherence that like just like collapse the state and then your calculation is just noise okay um and uh, th there's a technique it's called like we know we can correct those errors so like it's the the whole field of quantum error correction and this is what's actually happening in the field and like it's the what makes the difference between the very noisy qubits that you can try online and like you you'll do a few operations it's gonna get lost in noise um those operations, when you have enough qubits, then you can start to kind of amplify the, the, the like it, increase the quality of the box if you want. So, so if you have enough qubits, you, you use only a few of them to encode the information and you use all the others to evacuate all the noise. And then you effectively have a box kind of like the cat, but like a, the, an algorithmic box. And in this, that's where you can do a very large quantum computation. And this is the space where you start to, to, to break cryptography. So, so like up to yeah up to recently it it was the very noisy machines but now we're kind of at the point where before if you add qubit you had increase the noise because there's just more stuff that it can interact but now we're at the point where we can add qubits and we can kind of amplify the coherence of the machine and there's a point so so and it allows to do more operation it it, it, it actually uh, amplify exponentially the number of operations that we can do so, so um, yeah, I, 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 I'd like to say I'm keeping up, but obviously this is, you know, what we're talking here is uh, is not just mechanical. It's philosophical because we don't even understand some of it. So, you know, your response to Travis's tweet that it would take a, uh, a computer capable of quantum supremacy 10 minutes to break the Bitcoin 
uh, cryptographic, you know, algorithm, th this is definitely, you know, what does this mean to the crypto world if that's the case? Yeah, not today, but the machines, like the technology is on the path to be able to do that in about like less than 10 years now. So oh, less ten, than 10 years. years, we're still, we're still, we got a decade to, to upgrade the, the code yeah. and figure and this it's out. It's a good, it's a good news because it's not done. It's not a switch. So uh, as uh, the famous cryptographers are saying, like, it's not a Tuesday patch. Uh, the main problem is that the four blockchains, so, so, so like to say governments right now, or like companies, they're worried about store now decrypt later. So like uh, intelligence agencies just collecting the data and waiting until they have the machines to, to break it. Uh, and just like collect the information for blockchains it's essentially a, uh, it's a ledger of public key which is distributed so like the copies exist everywhere you don't need to store it like uh, people do it for you uh, and and the those public keys are the the type of problem which those quantum computers which are being built now by the end of the decade will be able to break and um, it's not even a question of whether the computers break it or not. So large companies, they, they, they don't build those machines to break Bitcoin. They, they build it to, new, to do new materials, new drugs, like to, to do discoveries of new, of new science. But it turns out that those same algorithms, which uh, can be used to do new science, uh, are as difficult as the algorithm to break the crypto. So if like in 2035, there's quantum computers in universities, there's got to be uh, students with nothing to do will just like start breaking Bitcoin because they can. And just the fact that the machine can exist can reduce the confidence in uh, blockchains, which rely on those uh, signatures, which can be broken. And that's kind of the problem. Like the new cycle will be that like the, the, the quantum computers will get better and better. People will legitimately ask the question, okay, like is Bitcoin safe? And the answer is no, it's not really. So that's why it's important to start thinking about the, the crypto agility of blockchains now and how people will be able to protect assets, how like the the, the, the upgrade can be done such that as like the, the machines get more powerful, the, the Bitcoin community can say, okay, but we're aware of it. Like here's the plan, here's how we mitigate like the, the different problems with say the, the, the Satoshi Bitcoins and like the, 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 the some addresses are more resistant. Here's the plan to like sunset the old cryptographic methods. Um, and from that point, the, the like it builds more confidence that the system will be able to hold even in the presence of uh, uh, like the, the, the quantum computers of the future. So, but, but like th this is not something that can be done uh, overnight because the, the, the for first, like the community has to find, okay, which method they're going to be using, deploy them, then get consensus on what happens with like the, the vulnerable address, which is not an, e an easy topic. Mm. So, so it kind of goes like the, the Bitcoin is very resilient because it's decentralized, but to upgrade the crypto, somehow everyone has to agree together on what's going to be the next step. So it kind of has to, there has to be a, a point where, all the players come, agree on something, and then update the system or find a path to upgrading the system uh, while keeping it uh, decentralized. And th that's the very difficult. Uh, it's less a technical challenge, more than a big coordination challenge to get everyone to agree on what are the the the, the what is the rational path to upgrading the, the system. That makes and sense the, because if you were to look at that just based on what you had said, wow, how long will it take for this? Because my question originally was. How long will it take for quantum computing to get to the point where it can crack Bitcoin? 
and you came in and said 10 minutes. And so there was a little confusion there, which yeah. I think did set up, set off some of the OGs like Jameson Lop joined in and said, you don't understand. It's good. He goes, I'm going to make a bet. This won't even be relevant within 10 years from now. And then Adam back came in and he was saying, yeah, put your money where your mouth is, blah, blah. So you got these OGs who are a little sort of, you know, self-confident and righteous about it, but there's a whole lot of people who don't understand it at all. And so since they're so deep in it, you know, I think that's where a lot of the problem is. And that's one of the reasons why Joel and I started the show is that there's so many smart people, way smarter than us, that's doing these algorithms and creating these cryptographic solutions and whatnot that go over most people's heads. And I don't think a lot of those really smart OGs are able to dumb it down. It's hard for you to dumb it down because you're so cerebral in the quantum computing world that it's 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 hard for you to dumb it down for folks. But that's what we need is because we don't understand it. But I'm looking at your top tw- your top pin tweet where it talks about DARPA and it talks about the quantum utility example. So, you know, when this article came out in 2021, it we were sitting at 10 to the second power number of interacting qubits. That's where we were now. Are we now at 10 to the third power of qubits now with, with Google's new quantum computer? Is that is that how we've gone up the list now? Because it looks like based on that trending chart, that's where it would be. IBM uh, as the the like uh, as the plan to release the 1,121 qubit machine in 2023. So like uh, it's after years past now. So look, it, my expectation is either going to be end of the year or like maybe early next so that's year. That's ten to the third power then. Yeah. The, okay. Yeah. Okay. So neutral atoms also are close there, and like they they, they have plans to release like 1,000. So so it's it's actually on that path. Uh, right now okay. so like this uh this plot uh, it's actually like from from that moment so i had like i'd been in crypto since 2013 and like the we were working on the darpa projects and the the the, the, the managers were like okay like take guys take screenshot of that because it's kind of the point where it becomes public that the like the, the zeitgeist like a few years ago was we would have like 100 qubit by 2030 but from that point we would have we would have a what qubit well 100 uh, like in 2021, people were mostly like, okay, like it's going to be 100. But from that point, what the did is they went around like the big companies and they just like uh, collected their roadmaps and anonymized them just because it's yeah. the way they agree. It looks like it. there's somebody at like 2029 said that they can get to 10 to the sixth power of a number of interacting qubits. I don't know who said that, but 2029. And then right above that, right beyond that is quantum supremacy. It's where crypto starts breaking. And it's where crypto starts okay. breaking with the old algorithms because what's happening right. is the number of qubits is increasing and the algorithm are making the number, the requirements lower also. So like there's kind of the two trends that are converging. And this plot did not include progress in AI. Mm. So wait a second. Should we just have quantum computing uh, Bitcoin miners? Just be like, and like, boom, it just creates, uh, it figures out the puzzle quicker and, you, and you'd be able to claim more of the, uh, the Bitcoin that's been mined? Uh, People have looked uh, and um, like there's really like two important uh, uh, crypto parts like in Bitcoin. There's the signature. This is the part which is risky. And yeah. there's the consensus, so like the, the hashing. And the yeah. problem with hashing is that you need a quantum computer the size of the city to to, to make it faster. So, okay, the, so not yet. Yeah, no, no, you, it's not a problem. It's really the signature. The signature, if, if you want, like the, the real measure of progress is the number of quantum operations you can do. Right now, we can do maybe 10,000, uh, like it's still like in a lot of noise. 
breaking crypto is about 50 million operations. The quantum, like quantum simulations, if you want to submit materials, it's also in the millions okay. of operations. If you want to do hashing, it's like 10 with 40 zeros operation. So the wow. so, uh, so so getting to one. So we're still kind of in the we're still kind of really early, but in this game, it can ramp up really quickly, as we just noticed from three years ago, and now here the next one's 241 million times more powerful. We're still early, but if we're not making contingency plans for down the road, we could be caught with our pants down and have some problems with crypto being destroyed by quantum computing. Yeah, and the, the error correction stuff is, is why I was talking about that, is that it uh, it amplifies exponentially the number of operations that we can do. So we can right, do 10,000 right. now, like in two years, we can do a million. In uh, for five, 10 years, we can do a billion. Uh, mm. it, it just like blows up of the water. And that's the whole point. If it was exponential, so if we could only increase like linearly the number of qubits, no one mm. would be building quantum computers. It would, it would be exponential. It, it's really that the... Um, like it's i don't have to explain like polynomial and exponential like when we reach that point where we can do exponential amplification then you, you only need like to add polynomial number of resources to break bitcoin and like really physical resources so like including like the the power pipe like the the, the material everything so, don't so we like have, it's not nothing in a wall it's uh, what it looks like aren't our problems even bigger than that at that point pierre luc don't because you know cryptography is not just um, you know, cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and blockchain, right? We have governments that depend on secure cryptography. We have businesses, we have financial institutions, and we see, you know, people hacking into these organizations. Now, with the power of quantum computing, you know, rogue actors will be able to get in and, and mess with everything, right? We we can have some serious issues uh, in, in global uh, politics and people's money just disappearing, their their uh, their CBDCs, right? Whatever it is that we're going to have years from now. So, are, what are governments and uh, industry doing to prepare for this type of onslaught? They're already starting. So, like even the the big quantum company, often they have a crypto arm, and they they are starting to, to upgrade companies. The the White House already have directives, like for different agencies to like do the inventory, start upgrading. Uh, some banks are starting to look at it. Telecoms, uh, Google internal communication is already quantum resistant. They're building a quantum computer. The the Cloudflare, I think, upgraded. So like, uh, governments, industries are already starting to upgrade. Uh, blockchains have to follow as well. And and that's kind of an historical thing also. So like the the very specific method that Satoshi picked in two thousand eight to 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 sign the transaction. Turns out that it's about a hundred times easier to break with a quantum computer than the one used by banks. So, like the the back in 2008, it made sense because like the the, the quantum computers were not uh, like it was like two qubits and it was like completely complete noise. Expert would take would say okay, like it's 50 years away at least. Uh, but then like progress happened fast, and now it just turns out that the the Bit, like the, the signatures of Bitcoin is uh, one of the easiest to break. So, so before you get to the point where you can break banks, there's like almost a generation of two of quantum computers that in between there's not much else to do than breaking like uh, elliptic curves and doing very simple quantum simulation. So so Bitcoin is kind of a canary in the mind there the, and, and it's contingency. So that I don't think people like it was known in 2003 that the signature would be broken, but the timelines were not clear. So it made sense to 
pick the, those signatures in 2008 and somehow like the, the it just stayed uh but like that th the very specific cryptography that was used for bitcoin also turned out to be one of the simplest to break and that that, that, that that's kind of the issue so the um, government agencies like banks everyone is upgrading like le legitimately uh, but already the they were using mostly rsa and rsa is just a, a bit more difficult to break with quantum computers by about like a generation of machines and the, 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 mm. that's why i think it's a bigger emergency for uh, like cryptocurrencies than it is for banks or like uh, for governments which also have to to prepare because like they they, they have to face like other other kinds of threats um do you think uh, there might be some stuff popping up then maybe some quantum resistant cryptocurrencies that may you know bitcoin's obviously the the one that everybody's been holding on to for so long but if they get to the point where they're not quantum resistant is that an opportunity for some cryptocurrency that does position itself similar to Bitcoin, but is resistant to the quantum computers? Yes. So, so there are known methods which resist quantum computers. So, like it's the the not like there's only a few uh, crypto methods which are known to be vulnerable and like it's it's well uh, it's well characterized. There are some quantum resistant blockchains, so it's going to be definitely an opportunity for them. Uh, the risk. What, what are their What are their names, if you don't mind asking? Uh, 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 I know, I know, I know. Like QRL, the QIL, uh, the, the quantum resistant ledger. Like they're using um, okay. ash signatures, and th those are resistant. Okay. Uh, what else? There's a few smaller chains who essentially maybe tweet it out so we can put it in our show notes because I think that might be interesting for people that we're not making financial recommendations, just as something yeah. to. Maybe do yeah. some research on, and I have not audited like the the, the code there, so it's uh, up to yeah. the point where like I, I know those things. Yeah, the, the, those guys they're serious. Um, yeah, QRO. Yeah, uh, the in the we, we will have to audit like the others uh, just to make sure like it's well implemented. But for sure, it's an opportunity for uh, quantum resistant blockchain to because they don't have like essentially like they're they're, they're safe from ground zero. Mm -hmm. But we still argue that most blockchains should upgrade because say if uh, most of the, the the market caps were to be uh, the, like crippled by uh, quantum computers. Um, if the quantum resistant blockchains are standing in a wasteland, it's not necessarily a better situation than the the, the, the because no, no one because like most users won't look at the details of the cryptography. It's not a better situation than like if at least like some parts of the current blockchains that are are graded. So yeah. like the the we think it's an industry problem. Joel, do you have any additional questions? I have another one around a different topic. So if you have any more yeah, around... Go, go ahead, Trav. I think my brain is is doing quantum... Exploding. I can see a little bit of steam coming out of that one ear. The other one was a little bit of smoke, so I didn't yeah. know. Um, so let's. Ha so you're doing some, some cool stuff when it comes to blockchain, quantum computing, and artificial intelligence. And so, you know, just a general sort of thought, what we know around quantum computing, it would seem that it's going to allow for some faster data processing, uh, potentially allowing for complex problem solving, uh, and maybe even some improved machine learning models. But how do you foresee quantum computing interacting with AI? And essentially, by the year 2030, our overlords are going to be quantum AI or what? likely <laughs> so the the uh, it's not 
like it's a, it's a topic of debate among experts so like is there an advantage to quantum machine learning it's unknown like okay. intuitively there should be some kind of advantage so like if you were to wire an ai with the quantum computer like you would expect like the, the better material so so if i if you had to design new materials and you want to do it from quantum mechanics you wire an ai with a quantum computer and like you give the ai the ability to to process like a uh, like quantum problem it's mm. likely the form it will take uh, by those times because the, the quantum machines, like it's not uh, an instantaneous calculation. So like uh, if you do like those simulations, they're going to be like minutes or hours. So it's going to be like a very fast AI in uh, uh, collaboration with uh, quantum computers from which they extract data and like do, do uh, essentially like experiments on simulation. So it's likely going to be the form. Um it's not that useful to process large amount of data. So, so it's, it's like cryptography. Cryptography is like only a few bits of specification and it breaks it. For quantum simulation, you only specify like the position of the atoms and it, it solves it. If you have a gigantic amount of data, since quantum computers are like a megahertz, uh, it's not necessarily like the best approach like, to, to do large, large data. It's really like for, for some types of specific problem which use supercomputers otherwise and uh, pass some scale, even the supercomputers cannot. So, so it's likely going to be a, a form of a collaboration between large quantum computers and very powerful AIs, at, at least for like the 2030s. That, that's what. Mm. Uh, and then they're going to be implemented into the Boston Dynamics little robot dog things. And then, the, and then Terminator gets merged in. And then by 2032, we're, we're mostly dead, pretty much. Whoa, no, I'm not I'm not that pessimistic. I'm not that pessimistic. Like I think I think we'll get better materials. Like hopefully we'll finally get like uh, superconductors like at room That's temperature. So crazy, man. This is a weird world we're in. It is. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, there's two yeah. kinds of people that are listening to the show right now. Those who understand what you're talking about and those who are glad that there's somebody who's working on this that that does understand it even if they don't so appreciate you coming can you imagine can you imagine politicians in in washington dc trying to think about this no they still don't even know if you're on on the internet if you're on facebook are you right. on the face if i'm on the facebook is that my <laughs> wait a second what is this quantum or what is uh, yeah i'm on the america online so i must be on the <laughs> well yeah. So, yeah is that like ai because i see an a in there yeah yeah uh, but, but, but there's, another, there's another point also like cbdc's yeah. are going are being built quantum resistant from the start so like to to uh, like keep uh like the the, the space like the the private blockchains public blockchains alive like past the cbdc age i think like the, the quantum resistance. Hey, Joel, i had a thought yeah. about that i was yeah. like wait a second so you so bitcoin you know is not quantum resistant it gets cracked all these bitcoin that are that are on these addresses that nobody's nobody has they've lost them boom some government or some entity snags all those bitcoins T crashes bitcoin and then they promote their quantum resistant cbdc that's something i thought about yeah that's I was like, a that's uh that's a screenplay uh right there travis let's that's, not do that that's a little short story that you can write uh you know what i it it's all blowing my mind uh but i'm glad that uh, you came on to explain it to us today i'm a long way from that commodore 64 huh joel or the tr80 oh, them, or whatever them, them, yeah there's a trs 80 <laughs> with 4k of ram yeah but the, Z, the z80 microprocessor and that was a supercomputer then you wouldn't even it was you wouldn't even use that to make toast today i mean that's just <laughs> Well, merci, monsieur. Thank you so much for coming on today and sharing with us. We do appreciate it. 
so there you go. Maybe you're one of those that has better understanding now, or maybe you're one of those that's like, well, I'm glad there's somebody out there who does understand it because uh, I got to go play on my Nintendo and, uh, you know, figure out how to win Zelda. You got some more Zelda you got to go knock yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. And that's fine. They, either way, like, uh, it's coming, ready or not, and I'm glad that there's people. And, and I'm sure that there are people on the Bitcoin Core team that are taking this threat seriously and um, are, are looking at how do we make this chain quantum resistant as well. Or or it could be an attempt. I You know, I just look at this, and I've always I always sort of think that you know, the um, the sort of uh, black ops in the military, they always have technology way before anybody else tends uh-huh. to have it, uh-huh. right? The internet, they had that way before they released it to the public. AI has been something that they've had that the public hasn't had. And so I just wonder, like, how powerful are the things behind the scenes that we don't necessarily know, you know? And it's like, this is what we think we know, but what do we really know is going on behind the scenes? That's what I always kind of think about. And so when I when I hear some you know crypto OGs kind of scoffing at the idea that oh quantum computing is way farther away than anyone can even possibly imagine, and I go well consumer you know technology possibly right, but what what's behind that black door that we don't know? And that's what we do. We don't know what we don't know. So that's all I know. I, I don't know what you even know, let alone what I don't know. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's the, the mantra here is that we don't know. But, but what do you know? I, I don't know. I don't know squat. I know that uh, we're going to give away an NFT to come out. Oh, that's what episode. you know. I know that yeah. so Lord Travis has been working on some cool quantum NFT and uh, you need to be a member of the bad crypto nifty club. If you are not yet a member, it's simple. It's so easy. Go to badcrypto.uncut.network, and you want to get the spinny red NFT. It's so inexpensive. We just set a price of a couple bucks on it so that the bots don't take it and get the cool airdrops. Uh, you've already, if you don't have it yet, you've missed many, many airdrops. But this is so over, I think over 40 NFTs that have been dropped, I think, so far collectively in that group. Something oh, like because of all the Cornutopia ones. Yeah, that could be, that could be. Oh, well, 10 of those. And so, I mean, but really, I mean, we've been doing this now close to a year when it comes down to not quite a year, but, you know, so we've been dropping quite a few little NFTs along the way when you get bad AI and then the other bad media.io products that we've got in there. So mm-hmm. I think what I saw, I think it was, I think it was almost 40. Okay. Well, whatever it is, you're not getting them if you don't have the bad crypto nifty club NFT. So go get the spinny NFT. It's red and black. It's got me and Travis on it. And mm-hmm. once that's in your wallet, you're going to start yeah. getting these free airdrops. So I think you can even use a credit card now. You don't have to have. I think you can. E. Yeah. So they got it set up in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. And I'll tell you this. Uh, if yeah, you yeah. don't have, uh, if you're not yet on uncut, you will be. There are some really interesting things that I cannot yet reveal to you that we are aware of that are happening there. And uh, we're aware, but you're not aware. So we can't tell you. Don't stare. So beware. 
So yeah. uh, it's coming, and you want to get this Bad Crypto Nifty Club membership. Yeah. Uh, think, of it like, think of it like this. Is as a thing you can say is that, so if you have an Ethereum NFT of, say, Bored Apes or Pudgy Penguins or whatever, it auto-puts you in these communities. And if you sell an NFT, then you're no longer in that community automatically, which is a lot different than Discord. But there's some other really cool stuff that's going to be happening on this. And we are the earliest of adopters, bringing you the good stuff so jump on and, and so you can have uh the ability to play around and explore as we're creating fun cool shit and uh one more big piece of news happy anniversary sir lord travis this is uh, number six it was july uh, 18th of 2017 that yeah. we had the first episode of uh, bad crypto podcast number one came out we've done countless hours of the show since countless live shows and events and talk to and countless. we're still friends it's unbelievable we're still we're like still connected and like i know not like fuck you fuck you it's like wow we're still for like there's a little bit of fuck you but like not very little comparatively there's like about one travis rant fuck you a year that you got to deal with and then it goes away and it's like all right well there you, you go. say you're sorry and then we <laughs> so i think that Daddy we Joel. should do let's do another nft um that will be after the next episode that commemorates six years of bad crypto yeah so that'll be another airdrop another reason to get the bad crypto nifty club nft at badcrypto.uncut.network you'll get that you'll be ready for it and it will have everything that you need so that you can officially Who's bad? The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoins and and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.